Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Network. My name is Peter Panacey, Associate Editor of NinerNoise.com. And uh, boy, <laughs> what a crazy uh, week 17 that was on the table. I know everybody thinking, hey, gosh, 2022 can't be as weird or as odd as 2021 could be but if we learned anything about the opening slate of games for the calendar year we sure learned a lot about how potentially strange and weird this year is going to be and uh even just taking a look away from all things 49ers related my goodness (laughs) there's just so much going on and 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 things that made plenty of storylines so before we get into all that before we talk about 49ers stuff beating the Texans before we talk about Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo, what's on tap for week 18, how things are shaping up for the entire playoff picture. Just a little bit of housekeeping. We would love it if you enjoy what you hear on the Niner Noise podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us that five-star review. Go ahead and interact with us in the comments. We always enjoy that. It helps the podcast grow and certainly makes us enjoy our work a lot more. So I mentioned just how odd week 17 was. And fortunately, if you're a 49ers fan, you could kind of just sit back and and, and relish in the Niners' victory over the Texans, relish uh, the fact that Trey Lance looked really good, especially in the second half, came into form and what have you. And instead, just kind of look around the rest of the league and kind of just go, well, glad I'm not anywhere involved or close to that situation. I mean, gosh, you've got wide receiver Antonio Brown stripping down on the sidelines, walking off the field. Uh, in the Buccaneers game against the Jets, and then Bruce Arians coming out and saying he's no longer a Buck. I, I tell you, 49er fans, I know some of you in recent years were certainly intrigued by the idea of the Niners bringing aboard Antonio Brown, despite all the fact that you know his his history over the past few years has been nothing but question marks and problems. And uh, look, I, I'm not going to go into the whole 
if, if, if he's struggling with mental health or hope he gets help or anything like that. I, I, I don't know what's going on in his head. I, he, it's possible he's just a jerk and just totally self-absorbed and that's kind of what's led to him being who he is. But either way, that was weird. Certainly strange. It certainly put an interesting start to the 2022 NFL year uh, as we round out the regular season. And of course, he had Monday Night Football with the Pittsburgh Steelers beating the uh, the Cleveland Browns and quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, uh, his final home game, and a game that was so tough to watch and and just ugly in all in all forms, and just so weird to see Ben Roethlisberger at this stage in his career. Obviously, knowing he can't do the things that he used to do, outplaying Baker Mayfield, who looked awful, just awful in that game, and. What the future holds for, for Baker Mayfield long-term as, as a member of the Browns, I have no idea, no clue. What the, what the Steelers are going to do in the wake of Ben Roethlisberger next season, I, again, I have no clue. Uh, perhaps they come after Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Whatever. There's a lot of stuff that's going to play out. The offseason quarterback market is certainly going to be interesting. We know that Baker Mayfield's going to be with the Browns another season. Of course, what happens after that, we don't know. You know again, it's just another one of those weird things. But also plenty of fun things to watch. I'm sure if you caught that uh, Cincinnati Bengals game against Kansas City Chiefs where rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase just went off, I, I really don't see any other way that, that Chase isn't the offensive rookie of the year this season. I mean, he was phenomenal and superb. And then I kind of look back and I think, you know, the 49ers, I wouldn't say they bottled him up back when the Niners played the Bengals earlier this season, but they limited the damage about as well as they could, especially with that questionable secondary and and having to deal with uh, with the Bengals offense that's rounding out into form right at the right time. And uh, yeah, boy, that that was an interesting game to see against uh, against the Chiefs. So anyway, just to kind of go over things a little bit here as far as the the playoff picture for you know both the AFC and the NFC. Um, you know, you, you've got some ideas as far as where the teams around the league are lining up. You know, one of the interesting things about that Chiefs loss is it actually propels the team that recently beat the Niners, the Tennessee Titans, into the number one seed in the AFC picture. The Chiefs, of course, are number two, and uh, then you have the Bengals down in that number three seed, and they've uh, they've clinched their division. All three of those teams have clinched their respective divisions. The only AFC division that's uh, still up in the air is the the AFC East between the Bills and the Patriots, who are slated at the number four and number five seed, respectively. And, of course, you've got the Colts and the Chargers uh, down in the six and seven seeds, but you know the, the Raiders are still potentially in the mix at the number eight spot. The Steelers are still in the mix, although that's a distant long shot, as are the Baltimore Ravens. So the AFC, still a lot to be determined as far as who gets in and winds up advancing into the playoffs. The NFC picture, there's still a lot of moving parts, but as far as the teams who could make the dance, it's pretty much down to just the 49ers and the Saints. Now, currently the way things stand right now, the Niners hold on to that number six seed, while the Philadelphia Eagles, they've actually clinched a playoff berth in the number seven seed. Now, as we've mentioned this before, and if you've gone over to Niner Noise, you've seen some of the playoff scenarios that panned out with the Niners beating the Texans. That was one thing that San Francisco had to do uh, to ensure they held on to that spot. But in an ideal world, 
the Carolina Panthers would have done the Niners a solid by beating the Saints, and that would have given the Niners a playoff berth as a wild card team. Niners can't advance any higher than the number six seed. That's 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 as far as they can go. But in the strange world of football, there is still a scenario where if San Francisco loses its Week 18 matchup against the Los Angeles Rams, and the Saints beat the Falcons the Niners actually wind up out of the playoffs and the Saints wind up getting in. So that's at the tail end of the NFC playoff picture. Of course, you got the Green Bay Packers. They're at the very top, number one seed, the Los Angeles Rams. I mentioned that's going to be the 49ers opponent uh, playing off here in week 18. That's going to be a meaningful game for both teams. It's not going to be like the Rams resting their starters or anything like that, clinching about everything that they possibly could. They're going to be fighting for that NFC West title. And they want to stay atop that, you know, that number two seed, which is basically going to be home field advantage against anyone in the playoffs not named the Packers. So that's a big advantage for them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, in the number three seed. The Dallas Cowboys in the number four seed. And you've got the Arizona Cardinals currently in the five seed. And even if the Cardinals were to lose and the 49ers were to win uh, in, in week 18, there's no way for the 49ers to catch the Cardinals. You know, there's a two-game deficit there, and and since Arizona beat San Francisco twice already this season, you're not going to be able to change that. You're not going to be able to shake that up at all. So like I mentioned, the 49ers can get no higher than the number six seed, but they could potentially wind up, you know, dropping out of the playoffs altogether. So yeah, week 18 is going to be important for both San Francisco and Los Angeles. So anyway, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but you know, let's take a look back at what we saw in week 17 as the 49ers welcomed the Houston Texans, a team that had, you know, for all of its issues and problems this year, had just come off a two-game win streak, including an absolute throttling of the Los Angeles Chargers the week before, something I don't think anybody would have predicted. And of course, there's the competition that all of us are talking about. It's the story of the 49ers going for, forward. The rookie versus the veteran. And you know what I'm talking about. Ambry Thomas, Josh Norman. Yes, Ambry Thomas and Josh Norman. <laughs> the two cornerbacks, the embattled rookie, Ambry Thomas, who uh, started off so slow. Uh, the third round pick, who was inactive, inactive for, for much of the first half of the season. And finally starting to, to get himself inserted into the lineup because of injuries. Uh, and early on, it wasn't pretty. And then, of course, on the other side, you have Josh Norman, who continues to commit defensive pass interference, uh, leading the Niners in that category among the league leaders uh, heading into Week 18. So, interestingly enough, and I got to hype up Ambry Thomas, and I actually do have a piece over about this over at Niner Noise. Go check it out kind of breaking things down a little bit, but one of the things that I really do want to make note of is how Thomas has steadily shown improvement from a week-to-week basis. You remember that first start against the Bengals. Thomas looked terrible. You know, he was getting beat by Jamar Chase, and and he wasn't even closing the distance. I mean, it was a good three, four, five yards where Chase had Thomas beat. Now, you go forward a week, and Thomas and the 49ers are playing the Falcons. Thomas is actually staying with his man. You know, he's not getting beaten coverage. The only problem is that Thomas wasn't challenging the catch point. So whoever he was covering was still coming up with catches. But at least Thomas was close, right? Okay, small improvement. We'll take that. Then you go up against the Titans, and look, Thomas looked pretty good in that game. You know, not great, not perfect, 
but it looked pretty good, you know, and, and according, I'm looking at Pro Football Focus's numbers here, according to that, to that, met, not even the metric, but according to Pro Football Focus, in week 16's loss to the Titans, oftentimes going up against uh, A.J. Brown, who's a pretty good receiver, pretty much the, the, the lone, lone offensive guy who beat San Francisco that Thursday night football game, Thomas gave up two catches on five receptions, 46 yards, and didn't allow a touchdown, actually broke up a pass in the end zone. And you can argue, okay, you know, was there a little bit of defensive pass interference? Maybe, maybe not. It wasn't called. That's ultimately what matters. Then again, you get down into week 17 against the Texans. And you had to figure it was a little bit easier of a matchup. Sure, you know, Brandon Cooks is a speedy wide receiver. He's basically, along with running back Rex Burkhead, the entirety of Houston's offense. And let's face it, Thomas looked pretty good. He was only targeted twice that entire game, gave up one catch for a total of one yard, and that was it. It got to the point where the Texans just said, hey, we're not going to target Ambry Thomas anymore. Nope, we're going to go after Josh Norman. And then, of course, Norman commits that defensive pass interference call and is subsequently removed from the lineup and benched. And Kyle Shanahan coming out after the game saying that that was a coach's decision and uh, lending itself to some question marks going forward, you know, in these upcoming weeks. I mean, the cornerback room is still kind of the Niners' number one liability, but there's a possibility fellow corner Emmanuel Mosley has been dealing with an ankle sprain. It's possible he comes off injured reserve and winds up getting back into the starting lineup. And really, there shouldn't be much of a discussion here. Yeah, Norman, at this stage in his career, he's lost a step. Very grabsy, you know, is, is, is going to commit those defensive pass interferences. You know, you're not getting those forced fumbles like you were earlier in the season. So with Thomas's maturation and Emmanuel Mosley still being a young cornerback who's, who's good enough, that should be your starting tandem. You know, I really don't see it any other way. That should be the starting tandem for San Francisco on the boundary at cornerback. Now, of course, you do have some question marks going into this Week 18 game with the COVID list. Uh, the Niners actually being hit a little bit here with nickel corner Kwan Williams, safety Jimmy Ward, among others, uh, being on the reserve COVID list. So the hope is, is that they clear in time to play, but again, something that will have to be monitored. Now, of course, the competition I'm talking about, Ambry Thomas versus Josh Norman, that was kind of a bit of a joke. It's not the one that every 49er fan is talking about. It's not the one that you're going to find on all the, the recaps and storylines. No, it's going to be Trey Lance. It's going to be what he did against the Texans, maybe even a little bit of what he didn't do. You're going to be talking about him, Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going to happen going forward? And there's so much in here that, that we just don't know. And we really do have to admit that and, and factor that in. But... If you're looking back at what Trey Lance did against the Texans, and I know there's going to be a lot of people who say, guess what? It's the Texans. They're terrible. And that's true to an extent. And yet, at the same time, one, those are NFL players. So let's not make it out like, oh, hey, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs could beat this Texans squad. No, they couldn't. You know, it's, it, the Texans are NFL players. They have a decent secondary in some regards. And in some metrics, I'm not going to get into all of them, they're actually ranked as a, as, a, as a pretty good pass defense. So nevertheless, one of the things that I pointed out about Trey Lance earlier in the season and in the preseason too, is that he tended to be a rhythm type passer, right? You know, you had to get him into a rhythm. And it took a little while for him to get into that rhythm in week 17. And 
you know, whether or not you want to blame Kyle Shanahan for not totally meshing his offense to Trey Lance, uh, not really putting Trey Lance in positions where he could you know, use his strong arm, where he could throw down the field, where he could do some different things with the ball. Uh, go ahead. You know, that's certainly a possibility. But either way, the first half was fairly slow. Of course, Trey Lance had that one interception on an underthrown pass to tight end George Kittle. Um, Desmond King, the Texans cornerback, managed to pick off the underthrown pass, and then the Texans turned that eventually into seven points, and it was kind of like, uh-oh, here we go again. Now, going back and looking at the play, I don't mind it so much. There were probably some other options there for Lance to exploit, but if there's just a little more air underneath that pass, it probably winds up being a pretty substantial gain and a nice play. So one of those things that I'm sure that you're going to take into account with Lance's accuracy and, and his touch and, and perhaps one of those things that winds up being an improved upon notion going forward. But like with any quarterback, especially a young one, you want to see how he's going to bounce back from that. And truth be told, if you looked at that final two-minute drive before halftime, which in reality was less than a minute, Lance looked good. And a big takeaway from that, that that certainly made me think, with the 49ers set to receive the second half kickoff, it wouldn't have been that surprising to see Kyle Shanahan just play it conservatively if Jimmy Garoppolo was under center. Just saying, hey, look, let's you know take a few knees or just run some basic running plays and, and wind out the clock, uh, just so that way you know we can go into the halftime, make adjustments, come back and try to win this thing in, in, in the third and fourth quarters. That's something that I think we've seen a lot of over Jimmy Caroppolo's starting tenure with San Francisco, where if it's a one-score game or whatever it might be, Shanahan's not going to be too aggressive. But in this particular case, he was. And granted, the Niners only scored three points after that, but Lance had to be pretty good with his throws. He managed to hit Brandon Ayuk on a nice play and ultimately got the Niners in a position where they could kick a field goal to get on the board, and it was 7-3 at the half. So that said something. And then once you got into the second half, that's when Trey Lance's show really began. And of course, you have some very nice throws. Again, Brandon Ayuk getting involved. There was that insane play, one-handed grab by George Kittle, and he was being held, and, and nevertheless, Kittle made the catch, where if Kittle wasn't held, that would have been a fantastic grab, and Kittle probably picks up another 10 yards and is, is still running. But of course, the, 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 you know, the two touchdown passes, the first one to Elijah Mitchell on the bootleg rollout, nice touch pass to, to Mitchell, who had an easy shot into the end zone. I mean, that was a beautifully designed red zone play. And of course, that bomb to Debo Samuel, a very similar play to what the Niners ran way back in week one of the preseason against the Kansas City Chiefs, only flipped the opposite direction on that side of the field. And uh, boy, gosh, yeah, if you want to put together a Trey Lance highlight reel, that's going to be your number one play. It was an absolute beautiful throw. And, uh, and, and one of those things that you can be excited about as far as Lance is concerned. Now, of course, the final line for Trey Lance, he went 16 of 23, completing almost 70% of his passes, 249 yards, two touchdowns against the one interception, a 116 passer rating. And get this, he was only sacked once and he was only hit twice. And, and hit, I mean, as a standard passer, not taken off and scrambling or anything like that. Speaking of his scrambling, of course, eight attempts, 31 yards. That's fine. Of course, if you want to talk about rushing, you got to talk about Elijah Mitchell's 21 rushes for 119 yards and uh, setting a new franchise record for rookie running backs 
Uh, he, ha he now has 878 yards on the season. So great job by Elijah Mitchell. Fantastic with him. Uh, you know, one of those standouts from the game, without doubt. But of course, this is all about Trey Lance. We're talking about him and what he did. So here's the thing that I you know, kind of challenge all of you to do as far as thinking whether or not Trey Lance should be the guy going forward. So if you go take a look over at Next Gen Stats, and we've used some of these in our recent articles in reaction to Week 17, if you look at those, you can take a, a, a sneak peek between what Trey Lance did against the Texans and what Jimmy Garoppolo did the previous week against the Titans. Or really, honestly, just take a look at almost every single one of Jimmy Garoppolo's passing charts. Next Gen Stats has a great, great passing chart that can show you where you know all the ball placement was going, whether it was complete, whether it was incomplete, whether or not it was a touchdown or an interception. And the simple trend that I think anybody who's really watched a lot of 49er games over the years would be able to tell you is that Jimmy G, he lives in between the numbers and not too far from the line of scrimmage. You're gonna be seeing in between the number passes and typically throws that are gonna be you know, 10 yards out from the line of scrimmage. Not always, you know, again, we're not creating just absolute truths here, but those are the growing, not the growing, but the actual kind of established trends for Jimmy G. That's just who he is at this point in his career. He's 30 years old, probably not gonna change that. You look at Trey Lance's passing chart from week 17, and the throws were, I won't say all over the place because that kind of derives a, a negative connotation, but rather I'm gonna say that Trey Lance's throws were all over the field outside the numbers, deep down the field, beyond 10 yards, beyond 20 yards, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe if I'm just kind of drawing a, a little bit of a conclusion here, perhaps that's why Kyle Shanahan was much more comfortable letting Trey Lance see what he could do in that two minute drill before the half. Because again, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be one of those quarterbacks who's going to throw outside the numbers very often. So that's going to take away a lot of your options for a receiver getting out of bounds and stopping the clock, preventing you from having to use a timeout. Trey Lance, he has the ability to do that. And on top of that, this was a tweet that uh, NBC Sports' Chris Sims sent out yesterday, and we're recording this here on a Tuesday afternoon. He said that Trey Lance's approach of targeting outside the numbers, deep down the field, whatever it might be, is actually a, a, a safer way to go about things. And it might sound kind of counterintuitive, but generally speaking, and again, you don't have to be a football expert to realize this. You go out and you take a look at a defense, and the bulk of the time, the majority of those defensive players, they're between the numbers, between the line of scrimmage, and 10 yards out. So there's got to be a lot of bodies there. There's got to be a lot of people there. And yeah, of course, Kyle Shanahan's offense can draw players away, get people open, all of that. And, it, you know, Garoppolo's done okay with managing that and having success in between the numbers and within 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. But if you have a quarterback like Trey Lance who can open up the field in so many different regards, that's going to be something that should really excite 49er fans. Again, it's early. Trey Lance just made a second NFL start ever, right? And you're talking about a player who only had 318 pass attempts in college, one full year as a starter when he was a, col uh, when a college athlete. So yeah, it's not going to be all great. It's not going to be all perfect. There's going to be growing pains along the way, but that's going to prompt a question moving forward from this point on. Should it be Trey Lance? Should it be Jimmy Garoppolo going forward? Now, again, the choice isn't mine. It's not yours. It's not any 49ers insider or beat writer. 
It's nobody that you and I would ever talk to on a regular basis or listen to on a regular basis outside of Kyle Shanahan. Now, Shanahan has been typically elusive with his conversations about whether or not Trey Lance is going to start in week 18 against the Rams or whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo, who suffered that thumb sprain back in week 16, is going to return to his starting duties once more. So in his postgame press conference, after the 49ers had beat the Texans, Shanahan was, of course, asked about this and, you know, kind of with the preface, hey, you don't have to reveal anything right now, but is Jimmy G, you know, if he's ready to go, is he going to be the starter? And Shanahan said, yeah, if, if, if Garoppolo's, you know, can 100% go and, and he's capable of being out there, there's no doubt that, that he's going to be our guy moving forward. But at the same time, if he's unable to go, Trey Lance is going to be our guy and that's going to be how it is. And then the follow-up question was, you know, does Jimmy G have to be 100% for him to start in week 18? And Shanahan said, nope. You know, that's, that's the quote right there. So in a sense, Kyle Shanahan is telling you everything and nothing at the same time. Leaving the door open for Garoppolo to potentially start once more, but also kind of doing what he did heading into week 17, saying, yeah, we're not going to really commit to anybody right now. And, and why would he? Why give the Rams that advanced knowledge? You know, just let them prepare for two quarterbacks. You know, the elusiveness, athleticism that is Trey Lance, sort of that unknown, not a lot of tape on him, versus Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, for all his limitations and faults and what have you, still does have that experience, right? I mean, I think the one thing that all of us could certainly observe, at least during the first half of that game, is that generally speaking, the 49ers offense has a little bit more rhythm with Jimmy Garoppolo than it does with Trey Lance over those first two quarters, right? It was kind of a little clunky at first there. Let's let's acknowledge that. Let's let's give Jimmy G his due. But it's still very possible that Shanahan's decision might have to be made for him. And it's hard to, to grasp this. And speaking of grasp, that's going to be the ultimate thing that probably determines whether or not Garoppolo starts in week, at week 18 or even starts at all in the postseason if the 49ers get there. So I, I wanted to cite Dr. David Hay, uh, who's an orthopedic hand surgeon and wrist surgeon down in Southern California. He's been a consultant for the National Hockey League's Anaheim Ducks. He actually spoke with the San Francisco Chronicle's Eric Branch about this. And I, you know, I'm, again, I'm not gonna play the role of a doctor. I'm merely just paraphrasing what Dr. Hay said here. And essentially, the key X factor is going to be how big of a sprain and a fracture Garoppolo has. So again, you know, we talked about the fracture already and oh, there's a little bit of controversy. Kyle Shanahan said it wasn't a fracture and then ESPN's Adam Schefter coming out saying, oh, it was a fracture. So it's possible that with this sprain, there's a tiny fracture. And depending on the stability of the injury, and this is what Dr. Hayes said, uh, that can create a pain threshold, and it can also impact the actual ability to to grip and to possibly throw. So if there's a lot less pain right now, and the grip strength Garoppolo has right now, almost two weeks removed from the injury. Again, this was back on Thursday Night Football, so we're almost here at that two-week mark. Uh, it's still very possible for a quarterback to play. Now, again... This has, to lot, has a lot to do with his grip strength. This has a lot to do with his pain threshold. And if you're going to be putting a brace on the thumb, you know, that might stabilize it, but 
going to be probably, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that that might be a lot more difficult to throw a ball. It's not like we're talking about an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman where, you know, you don't necessarily need to grip something perhaps. Uh, But either way, that could potentially be the element that makes Shanahan's decision for him on his behalf. So just wanted to point that out there. We're still very much in the unknown with regards to whether or not Jimmy G is going to be able to go. I, again, I have no clue on this. I have no idea. But you can still kind of take a look at what the situation might be, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. And, you know, based on what I've seen, and if you've read my stuff, if you've listened to me talk about this, it's got to be the Trey Lance show from this point forward. It really does. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, the 49ers probably aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year, right? You don't need to bank on that experience anymore that Jimmy Garoppolo brings to you. And if you're one of those that says, hey, but well, you know, Jimmy G's been the consummate professional and you know, kind of got dealt a bad hand and the 49ers owe it to him. Look, 49ers don't owe him anything. They only owe him what they contractually owe him. And this is the business of football, right? This is like, hey, we're in it to win it. Who's going to give us the best chance of winning going forward? You know, contracts, numbers, okay, all that's that's part of the business too. But the team, the team, the team, the team. And if you're looking at Trey Lance being the future of this franchise, and if you're seeing the maturation process as something that's vitally important for Trey Lance to become an elite quarterback in the NFL then why not play him right now? Literally, why not play him right now? And of course I can go into all the specifics. All right, Trey Lance has a, has, has a much stronger arm. You saw that, I talked about it in the passing charts. He throws outside the numbers. Talked about that in the passing charts. Trey Lance is elusive in the pocket. And one of the things that I didn't mention earlier was how Trey Lance, when he did experience some pressure against the Texans, he was able to evade pressure, get out of the pocket, roll out, move around a little bit, but his eyes were almost always down the field. It wasn't like he just looked and said, oh gosh, okay, my, my, my number one target's covered. Uh, I'm not even gonna bother trying to go to my second read. Instead, I'm gonna take off and run. He didn't really do that. Yes, there were a lot of designed runs and that's fine, but he didn't necessarily just rely on his scrambling abilities when the first option wasn't there and he sniffed just an ounce of pressure. So those are all X factors, right? Those are all things that can open up the 49ers offense. But let's factor in why Lance is the better choice for the long-term picture. Part of any young quarterback's development is going to be playing under insane amounts of pressure. Pressure that you and I, just as, as fans and people who write about this sort of stuff or whatever, we'll never experience. Maybe we experience in some other setting in our lifetime, I don't know, whatever, but never in a game like that, never in a game situation, and certainly not in a playoff atmosphere. Week 18 is going to be entirely playoff atmosphere. The Rams have something to play for. The 49ers have something to play for. It's an important game. So in that regard, on the road, in a game where if the 49ers win, they're in. If the 49ers lose, they're possibly out. And the Falcons and Saints play at the same time, so you're not going to be in one of those situations where the Niners can look up at the scoreboard and say, oh, cool, we're in no matter what. Not talking about that. That's not going to happen. Why not let the rookie play? Why not let the rookie play in that context? And if the 49ers get in, then this is all golden experience. Guess what? You've got to take to the road and face off against very good teams in do-or-die situations. 
you might have to go on the road again in in the wild card round and face off with the Rams. You might have to face off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You might have to t- face off against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, and you're talking about really good quarterbacks on the opposite side of those spectrums, right? You know, I mean, you might have to face off against Tom Brady. You might have to face off against Dak Prescott. You might have to go up against um, against uh, Matt Stafford, who you will probably have to face off against this, you know, this Sunday. But even in a in a more in a more high pressure environment than than ever before. And, and, and guess what? If you're still playing in the playoffs and for some reason the Niners wind up making it and they face off against, oh, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, well, guess what, Trey Lance? This is all excellent experience for you. You're going to need that and you're going to benefit from it. If the 49ers want to make this long-term investment pan out, that experience needs to happen now. So, of course... The Niners aren't in the playoffs yet, so I can talk about matchups until I'm blue in the face and say, well, gosh, you know, the Niners would prefer to face this team in the wild card round, and, and maybe that team in the divisional round would be exciting, and who knows about the NFC Championship. We're not even close to that point yet, folks. We have no idea what's going to happen. I have a feeling that our, um, our podcast next week is going to be uh, pretty enticing, pretty interesting, to say the least, just depending on where the 49ers are. Hopefully we're still talking about football games yet to be played, but nevertheless, week 18 is still on the table. Week 18, 49ers traveling down to Southern California to SoFi Stadium to take on the Rams. And uh, of course, there's a lot of things on the line for this. The 49ers own a five-game win streak over the Rams. Uh, 2018 was the last time that uh, head coach Sean McVay's squad has actually beat the 49ers. So for what it's worth, Shanahan's going to be looking to, to, to continue that win streak. And who knows? You know, I mean, the Rams nearly coughed it up against the Ravens. They had to come from behind last week. So uh, it's, it's potential that they've got issues going on. At the same time, wide receiver, Coop, wide receiver Cooper Cup, he might be in the MVP discussion. I know that's a quarterback award now, and, and I doubt that's going to change anytime soon. But, you know, if you had to pick a non-quarterback, Cooper Cup might be the guy that you choose. I don't know. Anyway, the Rams are a tough team. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, Matt Stafford. It, it, it's a dangerous team. I don't think anybody's going to laugh on that. But nevertheless, our partners over at WinBet, they're only listing the Rams as four-point favorites. So that's not a huge spread, all things considered. Initially, the line opened up at five points, just so you know, uh, and it's since dropped a number. So what that means, what the odds makers are seeing, I have no clue. Again, you know, I, I pay attention to betting, but I'm, as far as what they're seeing and changing that lines, why they're all of a sudden starting to look at the Niners a little bit, maybe where the money's going, I don't know. But nevertheless, WinBet listing uh, the the Rams as four-point favorites for this contest. And usually if you're a home team, you're just granted three points anyway. So that does say, say something. What exactly? I have no clue. But make for it what it is. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about this Rams squad. And, you know, I mentioned already what Trey Lance could bring to the table offensively against Los Angeles. You know, you've got the added dynamic of being able to hit multiple areas of the field. You've got the ability to go out there and extend plays outside of the pocket. Might be important when you're going up against someone like Aaron Donald or Leonard Floyd, two people who can crash the pocket, get sacks. Von Miller's in the equation now, so that might be important. 
mobile quarterbacks can sometimes run into sacks too. So you know, maybe it's kind of a double-edged sword there. But you know, let's kind of think about specifically what the Rams can do as far as frustrating Trey Lance should he start. So one of the things that you know I was kind of taking a look at here, the Rams lost to the 49ers in a big way. What was it like 31-10 back in week 10? And the way the Niners did that, obviously two interceptions by Jimmy Ward, that helped. But the Niners ran the ball, they ran the ball, they ran the ball, they ran the ball, they chewed up the clock. And by the, the game's end, the Niners had uh, 156 yards rushing. And even though the yards per carry weren't so like insane amounts, it was like, that's what the Niners were doing. Hey, we're comfortable picking up four yards a carry because it means that your offense can't get on the field. It worked, right? We remember those elongated drives. However, since then, the Rams have gotten really good at clamping down on opponents' rushing games, save the Ravens, who rushed for 165 yards last week. But between week 10 and week 17, the Rams had only allowed one other squad, the Arizona Cardinals, to rush for over 100 yards. And so they've cut down on the run game being a defensive liability. And to date, they are allowing 3.9 yards carry. That's fifth best in the in the National Football League heading into week 18. So every young quarterback, they like play action. You know, their life is made easier when an opposing defense has to respect the run. And granted, with Elijah Mitchell back and healthy, the Rams are going to have to do that. But if the 49ers are having, you know, a, a lot of difficulty moving on the ball on the ground, Mitchell's picking up maybe two, three yards of carry, and suddenly Lance is being faced with, you know, third and eight, third and nine, whatever. That's going to potentially make things a little bit more difficult on them. Now, coincidentally, the Rams are also pretty darn good against the pass. Now, they have given up a good amount of yards this season, 3,795 yards through the air. That's, uh, that's 20th best in the NFL. But you have to figure, too, the Rams' offense is pretty good. They're leading in a lot of games, so teams are playing to, trying to play catch-up. This is one of the reasons why I tend to look more at you know yards per attempt than I do like total yards allowed, just because it kind of gives you an idea on, on, on how that's going on on an average play basis. So the Rams entering this game allowing 5.9 yards for pass play. That's ninth best in the league. So obviously when you're thinking you've got defensive players like um, Aaron Donald, like Jalen Ramsey, like Leonard Floyd, pretty good defense, right? Pretty good defense. And so that's going to be challenging for Trey Lance. I don't care which way you slice it. I don't care how you say, well, you know, Kyle Shanahan can scheme up anybody and and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be pretty difficult for Trey Lance to just come out and completely be dominant. And the other X factor that, you know, I kind of want to just bring into all of this is the, the reality that... The Rams, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually try to go out there and, and, and blitz a lot in this game. And I looked up these numbers too, and I was kind of intrigued by it, just because it was one of those things that you know, it, it stuck out to me a little bit. So for what it's worth, the Texans, you know, they don't have much of a pass rush, right? They only blitz 18.9% on this season. And for what it's worth, that's third lowest in the league. The Rams are a little bit higher. They blitz 26.4% of the time. That's 10th highest in the league. So again, going back to that preseason game against the Chiefs where Lance was sacked four times and and Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo just said, hey, I'm going to bring the heat. Just just send extra rushers at Trey Lance. See how he responds. A lot of young rookie quarterbacks or whatever, 
you know, they can struggle with this and, uh, and have some problems, whatever. So again, that might be an X factor that you're looking at. Again, Trey Lance looked good when he was dealing with pressure against Houston, but he might be facing a lot more pressure and the Rams might bring it. And when you've got a quarterback like Jalen Ramsey, who's going to basically blanket his side of the field, uh, Lance has got to know how to, to, to get rid of the ball quickly. He might have to figure out, okay, who's my check down? Who's my, my, my hot read in case the blitz is coming from that side? And those are all going to be elements that are going to factor into his maturation process, his development going forward. And it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And like I mentioned earlier, even if it's something that you know results in a 49ers loss, I would not mind whatsoever right now if that winds up being a key growing pain for Trey Lance. Get that out of the way. Hopefully wind up doing something that, uh, that, that helps out the 49ers, maybe get past the Rams and... And I know when, when Robert Morrison and I, we were talking about this way back <laughs> heading into that first 49ers and Rams game, and we were laughing about this and, and, and thinking if the Niners even had a chance. Remember, the Niners were playing cold, 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 cold. Uh, none of us predicted the Niners would, would win, and yet they did. So anyway, let's play around with this just kind of as we're getting ready to wrap things up right here. Game predictions. What do you think? What's going to be going on here? So I kind of like to take a look at all this stuff and I think, all right, Niners have had a nice little win streak going on against Los Angeles. Nothing ever stays the same for too long. And on paper, pound for pound, the Rams are a better team. Record-wise, the Rams are a better team. And a lot of what happened way back in week 10 kind of corresponded to a time when the Rams weren't playing their best football. And they might not necessarily be playing their best football yet, but still, uh, I hate to do this, Niners faithful, but my prediction for this game, it's still, you know, it might be fun. It might be exciting. You might might be seeing Trey Lance do some cool things. But with the way Cooper Cup's playing right now, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know, just just being insane. I'm unfortunately going to have to predict that Niners win streak against Los Angeles comes to a close in week 18 and the Rams win 27 to 20. Uh, Both covering against the spread, but more importantly from the Niners vantage point, that means they would go to, you know, nine and eight on the season and are, would just be sitting there hoping, hoping, hoping that the Falcons do their business against the Saints and the Niners still wind up getting into the playoffs regardless, even if it does mean that uh, the last regular season game winds up being a loss. I hope that prediction's wrong. You know, I seriously do. I was wrong about my last prediction with the 49ers and Rams earlier this year. I was very happy about that. You know, no problem being wrong there. But I'm going to see this as a 27-20 to 20, um, defeat for San Francisco. But heck, while I'm throwing out predictions, I'm going to go ahead and predict that the Falcons beat the Saints. Taysom Hill, I'm not going to jump on his back and say, wow, never going to do that ever. So let me just go ahead and roll with that. So anyway, before we wrap things up, again, just a friendly reminder, if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy what we do over here at Niner Noise, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us that five-star review. And it, you know, it's, well, they're just things that really do help the podcast grow. We enjoy all of your input and feedback. And then, of course, be sure to follow us over at Twitter. That's at, at SF Niner Noise. Again, at SF Niner Noise. You can follow me on Twitter, too, uh, at Peter Panacee. Always enjoy new followers and people interacting with me. And then 
For all of your 49ers information, news, analysis, and insight, head over to NinerNoise.com, and hopefully we're going to have plenty of more fun, good, positive insights going forward uh, after the 49ers visit the Rams on Sunday. So until then, on behalf of Robert Morrison and everyone else at Niner Noise, let's go ahead and sound the horn. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.